It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My, my, my Michelle Live. Sports time out. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Michelle and the team ready to play and knock it out of the park with another week of sports stories, some big crazy stuff, and we always take it on. And in the midst of it all, we look for the God story. And that's what it's really all about if you want to be on a winning team. Let me introduce you to the players today. We have with us pastor, player, chaplain, and all-around cool guy sporting U.S. men's national team garb, Garrick Payne. Get ready to get... We have with us... The one and only Brent R. Baker. Author, photographer, Brent R. Baker. And we have with us Wookie of the Year. (laughs) Wookie of the Year, Josh McMillan. And I'm Michelle Mendoza. I do more than just try to look cute and let the big boys talk. So it is a little different in this sports game. Because <laughs> first of all, I'm not that cute. And secondly, I can't shut up. So there you go. Guys, hey, happy holidays, getting geared up for Christmas. And I have absolutely loved, like Thanksgiving, I loved it because the the one and only Thanksgiving in my lifetime that I will probably ever get to sit and watch the World Cup. How cool was that? I know. It's, It's unusual having the World Cup at this time of year, but it's been certainly exciting. It's been better than it's been better than breakfast at Wimbledon because you can get up at 2 a.m. for the first couple of weeks. (laughs) That was a little that was stretching it for me. But yeah, it's been fun to have those games on. Y'all going to get up at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning for the big USA game? Heck yeah. Well, I have a I have a puppy, so I don't have a choice. (laughs) She'll get me up and that'll help me be a little less grouchy about it. I will be at the local (laughs) sport, not just sports bar, but the soccer bar here in seattle so i will be there bright and early josh have you been following world cup a little bit i've been sick the last week or so so i've missed a lot of what's going on but i've been following the news about it it's hard to not at least follow it a little bit and jordan morris out there representing seattle on a national stage is pretty cool and it's funny because there's a large segment of the fan base around america that gets angry whenever you bring up soccer because they're they're like, I don't want to talk about soccer. I'm like, look, every four years you get excited about curling. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you can get up for soccer the same way. Like, calm down. It's America. It's true. It's it's crazy. And the rest of the world, though, nobody is watching anything but soccer. And yeah. I, I know people that only get TV this time of year or every four years. <laughs> they only <laughs> subscribe to cable or something or whatever just so they can watch these games. It is still big in the U.S. for the right crowd, but there's still the crowd that is very against it. And part of me gets it. Again, I hate the flopping. The flopping bugs me. Okay? Well, you have a, a solution for that. I do. <laughs> I <laughs> let me find my document here. I put some proposed changes together for how we fix soccer and make it more palatable for a general audience here in America. 
Oh, I can't number, wait to hear this. Number one, the field is a little big. I think we need to shrink the field down so that you got more concentrated action. And then too many players on the field, too, which can you know, decrease <laughs> scoring. So limit it to three forwards, two defenders, and a goalie. Number three, <laughs> players should get to come in and out whenever you want. Just unlimited substitutions, get people moving <laughs> in and out, keep the action going, keep the legs fresh, right? Then without stopping, without stopping play. Yeah, without stopping play. Just hot swap your people when, you know, as, as needed. Shrink the goal. <clears throat> Make it a decent size smaller. So it is more difficult to get it in there. Number five, ice everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Be hard to guitar, a but... happening here. I <laughs> believe that the proposed changes will reduce flopping in soccer. And then flatten the ball. Flatten <laughs> yeah. the ball. Make it put about this big. We want a small pancake. Is what yeah, we actually put everybody want. on and, and maybe use sticks instead of kicking it. That's another yeah. idea I have. Uh, Brilliant, Josh. Well, Brilliant. I, I will have to tell you, you guys, this has been the most exciting World Cup in history in in terms of craziness and <laughs> craziness and a team winning by by. The number of this is a new fair play rule so that a team got through based on yellow card accumulations. It has really been interesting and exciting. Some upsets and teams that you would expect to go through teams like Belgium and Germany were knocked yes. out of the group stage. That was um, crazy. Uruguay as well. And what about uh, Japan and the Japan-Spain? I'm pulling uh, up that mm-hmm. news story, but that was crazy. There was a goal that I'm not so convinced it should have been a goal. Yeah. Did you guys I, see I, that I one? I'll to, see if I, I was, can pull it up. I think, it, I think I've rooted as hard for anyone other than the U.S. as I did for Costa Rica yesterday playing Germany. That For a few minutes there, Costa Rica was ahead of Germany two to one and mid, midway through the second half. And at the same, they were in the same group with uh, Spain beat Costa Rica seven zero in their first game. And for, the, for about two, three minutes, Spain was tied with who were they playing? Japan. Spain yeah. was tied with Japan and Costa Rica was winning. Costa Rica would have moved on and Spain would have been left at home. Just an in, insane yeah, the action it was going, it was the sort of soccer game that you want people who are new to the game to watch because both Costa Rica and Germany had to win the game. There was no settling for a tie. And it meant that they had to sacrifice defense to try to get a goal. And so the ball was just going end to end and lots of shots and some incredible saves. Well, and I want you guys um, to look at this just, picture. Just, Josh, a fun one to watch. I don't know if you can see that. Can you see this, Josh? Okay, check this out. Oh. This was a goal. Uh, there was a goal scored after this sequence that has the ball there. And they said, no, that was in bounds. And that cost the game. You guys from tell me. That angle, it was, from that angle, that angle, it was though. out of bounds. Yeah, it's, off, it's off the ground, so it's really hard to tell and where they the have ball actually the, is. They have all kinds of crazy technology now that can actually show you based on the where the ball is and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, whatever. So, 
I don't question that. I uh, do. I absolutely my, question that. I'm sorry, Mr. Obey the rules, like, and I don't it, question like, authority like the, all the time, but I'm telling you, yeah. I, I was looking at it. <laughs> I, can, I was looking at it slow-mo. Yeah, I, I can question fade, it, but I, I think Frame it's by frame. And it is, yeah, I'm going to tell you, honestly, I looked at it frame by frame from a bunch of angles, and it did not look clear and obvious. I'll put it that way. It absolutely, you could say maybe it was absolutely not clear and obvious. Boom. What was the original ruling? That it was out of bounds. Oh, I, so didn't, they reversed, I didn't, didn't see it. So they reversed um, yeah. it. Yeah. I didn't see that's see it that's it where I would on. run into a problem with it. I agree. It's not clear and obvious. No. So to change it from no goal to a and goal. And what about that, the U.S., their second goal? We won anyway. Thank you, Jesus. But... <laughs> We can you thank Jesus for stuff like that? Oh no, <laughs> thank Jesus for any and everything. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're willing to thank Him, your team doesn't lose. Now that's good theology right there. So their second goal, they said his knee was ahead, but that's only from one angle where it the angle where they're running, he wasn't. I don't freaking get it, but. It's really difficult because, Josh, you have all of this technology and everybody's wired and stuff, and they still get it wrong. Yeah, I mean, that certainly can be true. I would really, I don't know, is your name even on the show sheet? (laughs) (laughs) Your opinion's Uh, important, but whether or not it's correct, that's a whole other question. Yeah, Yeah, you guys look at it and you decide for yourself, except for Garrick. He's a rule follower. Where do you get this rule follower business? I don't know who the heck you're talking about. Goodness, (laughs) you've said that twice now. I'm like, who are you talking You've about? You've known me for a while, and I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I am so <laughs> kidding. I'm so giving you a hard time. Especially in soccer, like I, you really need to see an angle from right down the line to really know. Uh, because soccer is, it's not like some other sports where if it touches the line, it's out. Like football, if you step on the line, you're out of bounds. With soccer, for those that don't know, the ball has to be completely on the other side of the line for it to be out of bounds. So it's, yeah, you really have to get an angle down the line, especially with the ball good above point. the ground like that. It's really hard Dude, to tell. Dude, good angle. point. And that in that Japan goal, that was part of the controversy that it's not just over the line, it has to be completely over the line. So that's where there was that controversy. But oh, those calls are tough. And Garrick, you play the game all the time. You that some you just sometimes you just got to roll with it. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose on the side of controversial calls. Here is a lose lose situation though i'll put this up so you guys can see it this is sad so the iranian soccer team didn't sing their national anthem they didn't get on their knees they didn't turn their backs they didn't refuse to come out they just weren't singing right and that was in protest to some of the human rights atrocities that are taking place in iran now we have it on good authority that they are being threatened with their families to be imprisoned or tortured if these players do not 
toe the line. They are reportedly in Qatar, there are dozens now of officers from the IRGC that have been drafted into monitoring the these players. These players cannot mingle outside the squad and they cannot meet with foreigners. Hello, can anyone say thank you for the country that I live in? How horrible is that? And the U.S., by the way, will be playing Iran in tomorrow's match. No, we played them last week. Oh, I'm sorry. We played them last week. We beat them. I'm sorry. Completely messed up (laughs) from watching way too much soccer. Yes, we. What I meant to say is that we played them in that nail biter. My gosh, the last nine minutes, I thought I was going to. I couldn't even breathe. The last nine minutes of stoppage, like I'm counting the seconds. Blow the whistle! Blow the whistle! It's crazy, but double. That's terrible. And yet we have people in the U.S. guys who turn their back on the, our national anthem. And it's for what? Do you realize the freedoms that we have here? Great that you have something to say. I stand for it. I wanted to talk about that. And here's what I want to ask you guys. This is horrible. I like your thoughts on this. But there's also some controversy about bans being worn. Like they wouldn't let one love bans be on, and that's really supporting LGBTQ things, which I'm not behind. But everyone's wearing these Save Our Planet bans. And I'm like, okay, you can save our planet, but you can't save the people. Either let everything in or nothing in. It just seems like a little bit of a mess to me. Thoughts? I think you're correct that it's a little bit of a mess, but yeah, it's complicated, first of all, but I think you're absolutely right when you say, let it all or let none of it, right? Mm -hmm. Have a traditional captain's band that is just a band and you can have your national colors on it, but nothing else. And or then that give would just everybody solve, a little let everybody have a problem. little space where they can get their message out on a big stage. I'm okay with that. If it's just a little message or just keep it sports. I I don't think that you should, because this is not the right place for it. Because I think we talked about this briefly last week, that every sports is the one final place on the planet. In my opinion, there might be a couple other places, but it's the one place where it doesn't matter. Actually church should be that way, but (laughs) It doesn't matter your socioeconomics. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your color. It doesn't matter your gender. Any of that stuff, you can come together. You can stand together. You can cheer on your team. But as soon as you start throwing, injecting politics into it, which is just, which nauseates me beyond belief. And I would feel this way too, even if they started singing hymns. I guess they do that in England. They sing, they, they put uh, their team chants to to old hymns. What about they, guys who get on the, once they score a goal, they're down doing the sign of the cross or they're pointing up to God. Josh, where do you draw the line? Um, I don't know. It's really, it's a hard thing because we've had a lot of debate over this over the years. And even here local in Washington with the uh, coach in Bremerton still trying to coach get his Joe. job back after praying in the middle of the field after the game though praying in the middle of the field was after the game and it was completely voluntary it was not anything that he told his players that they had to do or anything like that 100 percent agree i think that as long as it's respectful and it's not being harmful to other people like i it's really hard for me to tell someone to not 
<laughs> if you're wearing socks with like pigs on them in cop uniforms, that's not exactly respectful. Mm, who would do that? But see, Sam? here's the problem though, Josh, is that you have someone has to be the final arbitrator, right? Who's going to say whether or not something's respectful or not. And so it you either you let it, anything go, whatever you want, or you just draw a line and you say, okay, let's keep this completely out of the sports and let's just play sports. And I wish we would, Brent, because honestly, it's a great equalizer. Soccer in particular, while we're lingering here, because it doesn't matter. You could have big guys, big bulky guys, and you can have little guys my size, men my size, on the same pitch, right? Differing ages. It's a bit of an equalizer in that way. But beyond that, you have different races, you have different ethnicities, social, economic, as you were mentioning, Garrick. So that's an equalizer. Why divide us even more? But that's where we're at right now as yeah. a society is everything has become divisive. And on this issue, I've it gets a little sticky when you're talking about like celebratory gestures, but I am I don't want political messages on my uniforms. Guys want to use the platform to promote whatever they want outside of the time of play. I'm all for that, yeah. whether I am opposed to their position or not. 100%. Yeah. You know, so- if you're if you're if you put something out on Twitter that's objectionable, that's that's your time and your business, but when you're in the middle of your game, I don't want to see your your social justice or even your faith-based statement as part of your uniform on your on you written out on the back of your uniform yeah. as your instead of your name or whatever. And how you're hard there. is that? Really? How hard is that? Just one place where we can have a bit of a period because it's such a big deal. Here's an example. Uh, U.S. men's national team is being praised to hive heaven because they say it's the most diverse U.S. team in history. But blacks are overrepresented. Hispanics are underrepresented. And there are no Asians. Apparently, Garrick, you didn't get called up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a few decades late for that one. Here's the and this is the thing that annoys the heck out of me is these guys are not there because of diversity. Okay, they're there because they're freaking good soccer players, all right? And their coach didn't say, okay, you're on the cusp, but you're of a different color, so you get to play. Exactly. It should be, sports should be a meritocracy, right? Where the best players get to play. It doesn't matter your color. It doesn't matter your orientation. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. And that's the thing that I love about sports. And that's why sports are getting so screwed up. And that's why people are turning off the NFL and turning off women's basketball and and all these things. Definitely. But get back to sports. There's some a few moments. Hey guys. Yeah. Uh, There's some breaking news right now for your Seattle Mariners. Oh, Josh, by the way, is our Mariners expert. <laughs> Talk to us, Josh. You tell Josh. Yeah, Jerry P- DePoto um, and Justin Hollander just made a big trade, sending Abraham Taro and Jesse Winker to the Brewers for second base gold glove winner Colton Wong. So that oh is filling my. our need in the middle of the infield oh, with yes, a very much a plus bat. Diversity. <laughs> 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 
there you go. Hey, and this guy, by the way, he is a gold glove winner at second base. So he is a defensive guy, which is huge because with the shift changes, you need someone that can play before Mm -hmm. what has been happening at second base. For those that don't know, is that um, there was the ability to shift to go way over to one side or to go way back into the grass to almost have a fourth outfielder with the shift change. They have to be on a certain side of the bag and they have so many players on each side of the bag. So two on each side of second base and you cannot be in the grass when the pitch is thrown before they had some guys that weren't as athletic doing second base and they could be covered because they could just be back. Now you need someone with range. You need someone who can play defense. Colton Wong absolutely fits that. He also is a plus back. I'm not Wong. He is also a plus bat hitting a career line of 262. So hitting above average there with some good home runs. Had three home run games before. Uh, so this is cool. a guy. good con- good contact hitter, too, I believe. Yep, absolutely. So this guy so should my, fit real well with us. My question is, why would Milwaukee do this? Jesse Winker had maybe they're hoping Jesse Winker has a bounce back season. But this last year was a complete loss for him. And Abraham Toro, I guess there's some promise there, but I don't think he's been, is Wong like on a short contract or what's? Wong is on a short contract. This is the final year of his deal. Jesse Winker, I do believe will have a bounce back season. I think he will be a plus bat. I just think he wasn't a fit in this organization anymore. Okay. For a couple of reasons. Fair. I think, I that's think fair. that one, there was some talk that he quit out there. For us, which is unfortunate. I think his bat's going to come around. I think the defense is done. The defense is terrible. The, <laughs> I think with his neck issues and his other injuries, yeah. he's a DH. And the Mariners really want to use the DH spot to rotate guys through and play to matchups. They don't want an everyday DH. They're using that spot differently. That's going to uh, be which, so exciting next year. It's going to be so exciting. So I think that the Brewers wanted Jesse Winker because they wanted him to hit. And they wanted Abraham because remember Abraham Toro has not spent a lot of time in the bigs. He has a lot of options to be down in AAA. He is a switch hitter who has mashed at the lower levels, and he's hit well here in periods too in in the bigs. So he definitely has promise. He can play defense. He's a utility infielder, so he can move around to some of those different positions of need. So he's a great piece to have in the organization, similar to how we value Dylan Moore. You can move around. He can play shortstop. He can play in the outfield. Sam Haggerty. He's one of those guys. And we have Demo and Sam Haggerty. Abraham Toro is an extra piece for us. So, to so it me, works. It totally yeah, works. I love. Move. Yeah, I love it. For we Seattle, also got a little sure. over a million dollars back from <laughs> the, the trade. It was almost wow. two million. Wow. I think, from what that's I'm, a, that's how I'm man. spending that. Oh. I've got some stuff on my Christmas wish list. We were talking about race, and I wanted to give you guys a couple of stories that I thought were really cool. I think you guys are really going to like this. Based on all the stuff we were talking about, there are two sports figures that you know that had some really good things to say when they had to handle questions about race. One, back to soccer briefly, Tyler Adams totally graciously handled this question an iranian journalist had said how do you play for the u.s basically said how do you handle with it so much racism against black people and he used it as a learning moment he said because he said iran which i just did and they (laughs) corrected them and said no it's iran and so he said okay i'm sorry iran see it's a learning moment he said guess what there's racism everywhere and we all have 
have to learn basically to get along. Then there was Dan Prescott, who was talking about, remember last week we talked about Jerry Jones, and in 1957 as a kid, he was in a picture where there was a protest against integration, and so of course LeBron James had to revisit that stuff, but Dak said this, he said, you know what? We need to be more empathetic all the way around and give grace to each other, regardless of race. From the time we've come to where we are now, thinking about the growth, that's who I am. And I think optimistically. And I'm like, that's gorgeous. Instead of divisive, it's, yeah, let's all show grace. So I wanted to give you guys that. I know we were talking, complaining about protests and armbands and politics and sports. I think that's a great way to handle it, guys. Yeah, I've thought a lot of Dak Prescott as a person. I am never going to be a Cowboys fan, so I can't really root for him. But no. he's he has always been a very thoughtful and well-spoken on a number of difficult issues. When he was dealing with deep depression coming out of the pandemic, and I think he even talked about idle thoughts, and then he, and he had lost his brother, too. He was very... He didn't give just like surface answers when people were asking him about it. And, and obviously someone, I, I believe, of mixed race, he gets he has to deal with some of these questions on a day-to-day, in-your-face sort of thing. If it's not happening to him, it's being asked of him. <laughs> yeah. And you he, know? he's stepping up. I like that. Yeah. Um, and But the way he approaches difficult topics and the way he's able to speak from the heart and do so with some depth, I have a great deal of respect for what do you guys think about week 13 in the NFL? NFL? Yeah, any thoughts? I have a few. Uh, Josh, any ideas? Broncos country. Let's ride. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's ride off the cliff. Huh? Somebody <laughs> fell off. Yeah. The problem well, hey, with the Broncos, yeah. someone let Russ cook. Hey, you know, there's the biggest story right now is what's going to happen in this epic race of will Russell Wilson throw more touchdowns than he has bathrooms in his house. <laughs> right now, he's not on pace to do it. He has 12 bathrooms and five bedrooms in his house. Right now, the bathrooms are winning, and they're feeling very confident. <laughs> and you know what? On that line, I'm watching the Kraken game this last week, Seattle's NHL team, and they had a crazy game of 9-8 that they played over the Kings, the LA Kings. And I'm thinking to myself, or someone said to me, actually, you know what? We scored more goals than Russell Wilson has in the whole year. And there's that one game. It's like, ouch, ouch. Yep. Yep. Uh, Last week he was QB 33. So out of all the players that played in in last week, he was the 33rd best. There's 32 teams. And I believe four were on by. So, <laughs> so oh, Josh, my. do you think he would have been? <laughs> play- math. Do you think he would have been playing this bad if he were still in Seattle? No, because Russell Wilson's not a bad quarterback. No, Russell Wilson just thinks he's different than what Russell Wilson is. He's just a bad coach and GM. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And here's my hot take: Nathaniel Hackett doesn't need to be fired unless he can figure out a backbone because they brought Russell Wilson in saying that he could run that system. He could run whatever system he wants. There was tons of talk in the Denver media of how Russ is in charge. He has his own office. 
Nathaniel Hackett all the time saying that they we're using the it's we're, all about Russ. We're <laughs> all about Russ. We're getting to his plays, the place he's comfortable with. It's all it's been all about Russ. And Russ wants to be a pocket passer. Russ is not a pocket pa- passer. He doesn't see the middle of the field well from the pocket. And that's what you need to be a pocket passer because so many of those plays are slants or just where you're scheming open in the middle of the field. Hmm. He can hit a deep ball better than almost anyone in the NFL. But if you want to get to that deep ball, you got to move the game. You got to move the ball. And Pete Carroll and John Schneider, they saw Russell Wilson and they said, we know how to get the most out of this guy. Look at Pete Carroll before the NFL, before Russell Wilson, he had never done an RPO heavy system. He run pass option was not a heavy system of his before. He they started implementing it a ton when they got Russell Wilson because they said this guy has legs, he can move, he can get outside the pocket. Because he knows how to he utilize can... his players, yes. how to pull and... the best out of them, and how to say no. And that's yeah, and... a hard thing to hear when you're a superstar. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's exactly it. That's what huh. happened with Russell Wilson. Is he wanted to cook? He wanted to do his system. He argued about the playbook, and. Pete Carroll said, we're going to do football my way because I know how to get the best out of you. We heard KJ Wright, who, by the way, KJ Wright has been on 710 every Wednesday. He's amazing. He's been phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. KJ. His interviews are must listen to. His insight is, is great. He's getting great guests. Like We're hearing from all kinds of great players that he brings in for that segment, too. It's every Wednesday, I think, at 10 a.m. on 710. Go listen to that because... Kate, what KJ Seattle has area. to say, yeah, what KJ has to say is worth saying. If you're looking for a podcast, it's a Brock and Salk podcast on the yeah. Wednesday show. Um, he said he's brought up lots of times how like you have to have the locker room, and Pete Carroll knows how to have the locker room. Ooh, he knows how and to that's get that's a good pin. point too, Josh. He because tells people I can get the best out of you. I will always get the best out of you. Because Russ has really lost the locker room and that's a lot that's really tough and guys how much animosity is there often in the locker room when someone's making like a couple hundred billion more than million more than you anyway and then on top of it you're losing there's got to be some weirdness there how would you yeah i think brent oh i was gonna say i think one of the real tough things is that you you walk into this locker room new so those guys don't know you. Those guys are not the ones that you came up with as a young player and battled with together. When he's had new players in the locker room in Seattle, he was the man in the locker room when these other guys came in. So walking into a new situation like that, it's a whole different dynamic that he hadn't had to deal with since he was in college. And now he's coming in, they sign him to this mega deal before he's even played a snap. And the dynamics there is just very different. I think Pete Carroll... There's other guys like this, like Mike Tomlin, I would rank up there. You, These guys know the essence of coaching is getting each player to be the best version of themselves, to, to maximize their strengths and to hide their weaknesses. That sounds like and being a pastor, Garrick. <laughs> yeah. And Pete, Pete totally, I think we've seen more than ever now in the wake of this, how, what a genius he is at that. We saw that, too, with other players who've left for other places. But look at like Gino. Earl, Tho- Earl Thomas and Richard, Richard oh, Sherman. Yeah. And shoot, who was that member? Brandon Browner, the original Legion of Boomer, who left Seattle and then never really amounted to anything after that. So many guys that have left Pete Carroll's system and not been. 
and dissed it. They elsewhere. dissed it too on top yeah. of it. Oh, and yeah. then yeah, who needs that? And then resurrect, totally resurrecting Geno Smith's career. Who a lot of people just said he was washed up and never was going to amount to anything. And, and now, what now, is he number three? Yeah, he's. I don't know where he'll finish statistically, but he's he this year he's solidly one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league and has made the decision what the Seahawks will do in the draft next year difficult because all of a sudden he's a guy you don't necessarily want to lose. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, uh, though, I okay. Is, all right. Oh, 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 Josh. I like Geno Smith. I think he is an above average quarterback. But if you have a guy that you love in this draft, you got to take him. You got to take him. Okay. Like Geno Smith is probably going to be overpaid this offseason. Unless he completely falls apart. Because I look at his game and I say, yeah, he's good. He can run an exciting offense. He can move it down the field. But I've also seen a lot of dropped picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just in the last game, there was two drop picks. He should have had a three pick game and he got lucky. And yeah, in a well, lot of those games, I see drop picks. And I say that like, I'm not hating on him. I think he's great. You're I just think being he's a above average quarterback, but you're, I am not going to depend on him for my franchise quarterback for the next five years. I'd sign him Fair. to a two or three year deal or franchise tag him for a year. But you, if you have a guy you love in the draft, you got to take him. I don't know okay. if we necessarily use it with our, what it might be a number two pick, <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> this year, we might pick second overall, might trade that back. But if you have someone like a Michael Penix sitting there at the end of the first round or early second round, man, you got to take him. I think that's fair. Some other things. Yeah, I, I'm not paying Geno Smith $30 million a year for five years. No. But no, thank you. But, but you can't throw them out altogether. You can't discount he's, he's it. He's at least made it a tougher decision, and maybe you get a second or third round quarterback instead of like gambling a number two or three pick on one of these guys that you really don't know is going to pan out. When there's other positions right. like defensive line that are usually easier to evaluate accurately and get a, and have a higher percentage of being a successful pick but at least it's made it a conversation yeah. <laughs> okay will, yeah quick question i also think the seahawks like drew lock a lot too and they're i think that's <laughs> low-key part of their plan oh okay quick question will rogers play this weekend as the packers take on the bears he had a, he a rib energy is he done what's up i don't, I don't know ask his blue, I, blue moon what her name what's her name yeah, his girlfriend um, yeah. what, <laughs> see if she's sprinkled enough sage on him to, to oh my exercise God. the demons I, from his game i know i know um, what a name what a name yeah. um, I, I think that jordan that they should see what they have in if the if they were smart they would see what they have in jordan love why not because i think that i don't know if rogers is done i think he could still i think he could probably still play but I think that relationship has just had so many downs. <laughs> it's had yeah, ups and I'm downs. It's had so many downs. Some they of these move QBs, on. I think they play well beyond they should have retired. Brady, for he, he should have gone out in a flame of glory. He really should have. <laughs> yeah, I think part of that was the reporter that reported his retirement before he did. And he's like, why not? Just to spite him, I'm going to play another season. <laughs> Also, being with my family is a little bit too stressful. I'd rather get hit by 400-pound mammoths. <laughs> 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 Cut this part out. <laughs> 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 
I just have to <laughs> laugh at that. That's crazy. I wanted to share with you guys a couple of, in the in the wake of in the because of time. There is one game I wanted to share with you. I just thought this was really funny. Seattle Kraken. I follow the Kraken. I'm watching the game, that crazy game where they played the Kings and they won nine to eight. But Allison Lucan, she is probably my favorite female reporter for a number of reasons. We've had a hard go as women being taken seriously. And as I alluded to at the beginning of the show, even now you have talk shows and there's just some cute girl who's there and they introduce stuff and they read stuff off, but they don't really get to talk and give their opinions that's starting to change and then you have reporters but this woman she is so smart she dresses professionally it's not about being hi i'm hot it's about looking professional she has great things to say but this last broadcast it was hilarious. She they because of this a 9-8 score which is crazy in hockey she said, her the fellow commentator said, what do you think about that? And she said, it's just shitty ho- hockey. Shinny. She said shitty, but it didn't sound like that. And the guy's face, he's like, <gasps> and they came back from a commercial and they said, hey, she said, you know what? There is no swearing going on here. Shinny is an actual phrase and it means kind of like street hockey. But that was just, that was my favorite. And I think that almost gets my final shot, which it is about time for right now. Oh, oh, shot. What's that, Garrick? Hey, before we do that, Michelle, we um speaking of the kraken we have a collector's item available that uh, was going to be kraken. part of my final shot was so, that going to be part of your final shot all right yeah, I'll, just I'll, rain I'll on you, my parade it's I'll okay let you, i'll let you do that it's okay <laughs> <laughs> that's okay it's a good point i have a picture of it up here that i want to share with the audience tell them what we're talking about garrick there's a an organization i serve on the board for the northwest family life that works with victims of domestic violence and human trafficking And the great thing about this organization is that they don't just deal with victims, but they actually are trying to break the cycle of domestic violence in that they're working with children because so often children who experience and witness domestic violence themselves become abusers. And they work with abusers themselves too, who are trying to get out of the cycle of domestic violence. And so they help them They have support groups for them and just teach them practical skills to deal with anger issues and things like that. So they're really, this is a great organization. And as a part of their year-end fundraiser, they were donated, had donated to them um, an inaugural season autographed hockey stick by the Kraken team. I want this. Yeah. 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 I put $50 as an opening bid. So (laughs) keep me up on it. It's up to $250. And then we're going to push it out actually over this weekend. And we were originally going to end the auction today, but we thought, you know what, we need to get a little more exposure for this. Let's do it. And so we're going to push this out. And um, it's on my Facebook page. So if you go to Garrick Pang on Facebook, even if you're not a friend of mine, you can still bid on it. And uh, what there's and, some people out there who aren't your friend. You're like well, the friendliest guy on the flipping <laughs> planet. How are there still people out there that aren't your friend? <laughs> Facebook limited me to 50,000. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> so this is all of the players signed it, and yep. this is yeah. oh so cool. So yeah, I'm gonna up my bid after okay. the show today, and all I right. encourage you to go and look, and we'll see who gets to walk away with this completely cool treasure because this is inaugural year an nhl team doesn't have a first year anymore very often there's 32 teams we're number 32 with the seattle crack and this is cool this will never happen again and 100 years from now do you know how much that's going to be worth oh my gosh how cool is that mm can't beat it so there you go we'll make sure we have a link for your listening to this best that we can let's go to our final shot garrick do you have another final shot i do actually okay some of you know that if you follow basketball which i'm not a huge basketball fan but this caught my attention joe mazil what's his name the celtics interim head coach joe mazula no one's piping in. We're going to just let you have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I like that. Uh, <laughs> thank you, friends. <laughs> now he just has room for three more friends on Facebook. <laughs> but I can't believe, first of all, this guy, he was, he is, how old is he? He's like a kid anyway, but he was just named the coach of the coach of the month for the Eastern Conference. And, and, but that's not why he's getting my final shot. I'm going to pull this up here on on screen, and I'll let you watch what he said in a post-game interview. So let me just share this screen. All right, and share the sound. All right, can you guys see this? Yep. And action. A chance to meet with the royal family, and if not, how was it like having them there? Can you hear that? Jesus, mm-hmm. Mary, and Joseph? <laughs> the Prince and Princess of Wales. Oh, no, I did not. I'm only familiar with one royal family. I don't know too much about that one. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm glad they're hopefully they're Celtic fans. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh, my. That's really good. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> about a mic drop uh, <gasps> they're like what, what awkward <laughs> <laughs> that's glorious i like it so i that that was my little christmas <laughs> tribute royal family jesus mary and joseph what are you talking yeah. about <laughs> i'm only familiar with one royal family there's the god story right there happy christmas to you josh are you ready for your final shot yeah, I sent you a video if you want to pull that up while I'm teeing it up for Okay, you, you just tell Facebook. me where you sent it. Was it on Facebook? Yeah, I sent it on Facebook if you want to tee it up. Uh, my final shot is I miss having football in Oakland. I think the Raiders are an Oakland team, and it's weird having them in Vegas. But there's one reason Thank in you. particular that I really miss having them, and it's because the wildlife added Ooh. to the game in ways that they've never had in any <laughs> other spot. In this video she's trying to pull up here, uh, we have a pigeon who is helping out on oh, kickoff coverage. That's right. Uh, this was a great game <laughs> that happened. I don't know if you have the sound for it, but the call for it is great too, because they're mentioning how, look, he's lined up there, flies at the kickoff, and he, oh. he goes all the way down, plays outside coverage, gets the contain, Make sure no one gets outside the numbers on the kickoff this return. This is funny. 
All right. Sorry about the sound. We'll see if we get it here. Up for kickoff coverage with our friend, the pigeon. And he's lining up. Is he L2 or L3? I think he's L4. He's outside the numbers. And he's flying down Look the at him, field. He's going down the cover. Jan, Janikowski's kickoff return by Quentin Dex. <laughs> Stumbled as he got to the 20. He is on cue. Watch him go on coverage. All right, fellas, go. Right, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> he's going to watch him come down to a landing. Down he's going to be the contained, contained guy. No, That's hilarious. Not letting anything get outside That's him it. on that kick return. <laughs> John Fossil, yeah. coordinator, said he was going to come up with a plan for the Right. So where's the flag for too many players on the field? Right. <laughs> An ineligible pigeon downfield. Yeah, look, <laughs> the look in his eye, too. He's ready to go. He's going to tackle someone. <laughs> he, if he had the opportunity, someone comes outside those numbers. He was going right in their face. That's funny. Fred, <laughs> final shot. Well, my is a final shot at, not for. But I don't know how Ooh. many of you read about this women's college basketball tournament that they Oh, allegedly my. held in Las Vegas over it, in the basement ballroom where they did there's stuff they do in ballrooms in Vegas. It's pretty impressive. You would never know without, but this was a low ceilinged carpeted floor. They laid down the court on top of the floor. They didn't have bleachers. They had folding chairs. They didn't even have scoreboards. And these, this was a major, major college tournament. You Could know, they have 20, not gone to teams. like a, a local high school and ended up with a better court than that i've yeah i've been to junior high wrestling matches that had better facilities than this <sighs> it was a complete joke and especially in vegas you can't tell me There's... that they couldn't have found some place better than this you talk about how difficult it can be at times for women in the sports world and like, there, there's no way that major college men's teams would have tolerated this setup and I'm, I'm actually surprised that the teams didn't just refuse to play there doesn't seem to have been much talk of, of that but it, it went beyond the facility too they didn't even have medical personnel on hand there was one I one woman who fell um and smashed her head on the court and it took an hour she laid there for an hour waiting for emts to arrive unfortunately she wasn't severely hurt but Still, it's just in, insane how, on any level, how bad and this that's, was. Honestly, and the, tur the tournament organizer for this tournament in Vegas was in Florida during the tournament. Uh, oh, nice. So wasn't wasn't even Not present even there. for it. And that's where standing up on the side of what is right and if there is a right and a wrong it only comes because there's an ultimate right and wrong and that's a biblical right and wrong when we celebrate if you look at how the bible really treats women not the rumors but you look at how jesus treated women and how god made accommodations for some of the misogynistic practices in biblical times it's extraordinary and i say that because we're in a time where women in sports have been denigrated now men are so good at everything they're even better at being women thank you this is where and we don't know what is a woman anyway this is where it's important to to take a stand for what's right guys i want to thank you for making time today it is so much fun it's i just i love getting together with you guys and as a side note brent and garrick and i were at church last week 
and got to go have lunch afterwards. But it's funny, we see each other every week, but that's the first time we've actually physically been together. Fair. All and three of us. So yeah, all three of us together. Yeah. It was fabulous. It was just fabulous. So thank you guys. I love you so much. And as we get into the Christmas spirit and remember the importance of family and the importance of faith, it just makes your friendships and the people you love so much more important. So thank you guys for being part of the fun. God bless you and thank you for watching. For more fun, go to mymichellelive.com.